The goddess's servant came to Long Ford in the spring of the year, not long after the snows had melted. The river was still running high, but boats could ride down from the city, and horsemen and lumbering ox carts venture the road. The priestess came in a boat, sitting erect and still with her acolytes about her. She was not terribly old, but neither was she young. Her body was heavy with years and childbearing. There was silver in her hair, but her broad face was smooth. It had no beauty, but it was splendid with power. She was one of the great ones, one whose name was taken away, who spoke and acted for the goddess in all things. It was a very great thing to see such a one under the common sky, sailing down the river in the morning. Her escort rode just ahead of her on the road by the river. They were haughty warriors of Lear, mounted on fine horses. Their armor was hardened leather, their ornaments clashing copper. Each wore a wolfskin for a cloak. Their commander gleamed in gold and bronze, and his mantle was a lion skin. He was highest and most haughty of them all, and his stallion was magnificent, dappled silver-gray, with a mane like a fall of water and a dark, brilliant eye. They looked very much alike, the horse and the rider. Rian, watching from the hill above the village, spared a long moment for the priestess in the boat, but the man on horseback kept catching her eye. He was young. He carried himself very high, but the nearer he came, the clearer it was that he was hardly older than she was herself. This must be a prince of the city. People rode or sailed to and from Lear in every clear season, but princes did not come this way often. Not much more often, indeed, than priestesses from the temple. They were going on past Longford, she supposed, on some embassy of great importance. Nobody ever stopped here. It was a small village, not poor at all, but not rich either. There was nothing of note in it, except a smith who knew how to forge bronze, and once a daughter who had been chosen to be a priestess in Lear. She was dead years since. The temple had not summoned another in her place, not even Rian who had been her daughter. A shadow on the spirit had brought Rian to the hilltop, to the old fort that was long broken and abandoned, in time to see the priestess and the prince and the rest. She had dreamed again last night. In the dream she was a bird, a wonderful bird, a bird with feathers of flame. Her wings were wide. Her voice was as sweet as all heaven. But she could not sing. A collar of bronze bound her throat, crushing the voice from her. The bars of a cage closed about her. She was trammeled, silent, bound till she could not move. That dream had haunted her all her life. She had thought herself inured to it, until she woke, gasping, her heart hammering, and no thought in her but flight. She was calmer now. The wind was whispering in her ear, cajoling her, telling her its secrets. Sarai, the weaver, was with child again, and this time it would live. The brindled cow had delivered twin calves in the night. The hunters had found a fine stag and would bring him back come evening. Bran the smith was thinking of Rian and of what they would do in his bed tonight.
She blushed all over at that. The wind laughed and danced in the new spring grass. It had better secrets than that. Strong secrets, wonderful secrets. What the priestesses said in the shrine of the goddess, what the warlords said in their hall of weapons in Lear, what the king, the great war leader, said to the mother of Lear when they lay together in the long, murmuring nights. Not, said the wind, stilling for a moment, that they had said anything for long and long. The mother was sick. She was dying. They were all very sad in Lear.